0: Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Welcome to Breast Friends
1: Cancer Support Network, and thanks for joining us today. I'm Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time, nine-year survivor of breast cancer. I'm the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends, and when I have time, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Before we get started today with my very favorite guest, I wanted to remind the listeners out there that I put together Warrior Stories episodes. Email me at Michelle Beck at BreastFriends.org with your stories of inspiration. What helped you through your cancer journey or how your life has changed for the better since cancer? Submission should be five or 10 minutes long and in your own words, but let's get started today. So with me is Yvonne Neidiger, the yang to my yang, the silver lining to my cancer journey. And in this three-part series, she and I are walking you through the steps to take, which will help you move forward after you're done with cancer treatment. And if you're here today, I really hope you've listened to part one, which aired on August 18th. Of our three-part series because if not pause this go back and listen to part one and then come to today's episode part two because it will make a lot more sense so (laughs) Yvonne welcome (laughs) I love having you on the show All of our listeners know that you are my person, and we sometimes share the same brain cells, which makes this so easy. (laughs) And you are also one of the most knowledgeable people on this subject that I know. During the pandemic, you created this amazing workshop of classes, Life After Breast Cancer, and led it multiple times. And the women in those groups I know benefited so much, so we wanted to put it out there for the listeners. Today, we're going to talk about the things in the middle the little changes in our lives that we still need to take to move forward. So, Yvonne, I know we did this last week, and we have the same listeners, hopefully, but tell us a little bit about yourself and why
2: you know so much about this. Well, yeah, and thank you, Michelle, and, and as everyone knows, she and I are sisters from another mister, so <laughs> we have definitely enjoyed sharing this, this workshop with you. Um, the thing I, I love about it is not only is it Uh, program that I'm hoping is helping all of you, it's the same thing that helped both Michelle and I get through our journey. So we need experience this, yeah. You know, this isn't just about the two of us reading books and saying, "Oh, okay, this is what you should do." This is about the two of us, and in some instances, learning it through the hard knocks of coming mm-hmm. through it without um, a voice or, as I like to say, a guidebook, um, giving you the the help that you might need. And because we also lived through the shit, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to quote your coloring book, and that's a whole other story. Yeah. But yeah, no. We, you know, we've been there, done that, and we get it. And um, when I was putting this program together, I knew that there were there were so many women not only going through the trauma of being on the other side of the three-part journey of cancer that the after, after the doctors say you're done, bye, you're done, okay, thank you, be on your way, but um, but also going through it during a pandemic. I mean, how how when to use your word? How big of a shit show can you possibly ask for in life? So developing this program during COVID was a way of reaching out not only to all women but to women in particular who are really trying to um, now emerge from um, being in lockdown, going through cancer, and having the whole world still be in a state of chaos so Mm -hmm. it's been a great joy kind of coming up with this and you know before we get started today I I I I told Michelle, I'm going to do what I always do, which is take a slight squirrel Squirrel. moment. (laughs) Squirrel. (laughs) Zip. Here she goes. But, you know, um, Oregon, like so much of the country, is undergoing an incredible heat wave right now. And, you know, traumatic conditions for not only our population, but our our livestock and our vegetation. And uh, everyone who knows me knows I'm an avid gardener. And I was out this morning, and I was I was tending my garden um, because my garden had needs. My garden is facing another day of 100 degree temperatures. And so, I was out there in the sun, you know, dodging the wasps and the yellow jackets that seem to think I'm a moving target. And, Ooh, and I food. was, I know, yeah, Ooh, yay, she's sparkly. I'm going to go good. over here. Yeah. And you know that feeling when they land on your back uh. and you think, oh, yeah, no. So, I was really taking one for my garden team this morning and I was out there. But, but I was out there because my plants needed me, and I knew they were not going to get the love and care unless I took it upon myself to provide them with shelter, food, water. So, it's amazing to me, and as I was out there doing all of this, and I was, I was doing this in order that my plants would thrive, how hard it is for us to view ourselves as we do our gardens, mm-hmm. you know, how hard is it? for us to look at ourselves and say you have been through a traumatic experience or you are still in the midst of a traumatic experience why is it so hard for us to recognize our needs at a time of trauma Mm -hmm. so I think you know again this was one of those moments where I thought this is such a great analogy woohoo reminding us that we can look around us at nature and we can see the visible benefits of taking the time and the energy to water our plants, to provide them with the nourishment they need, to tend our garden, even when it means getting our hands dirty or dodging really big-ass ugly wasps it's not always easy it's not always easy but it's necessary for the plants to survive and the same thing is true with a woman who is coming off of a diagnosis of cancer if she doesn't take a moment to tend to her own personal garden her mind her body her spirit she's not going to thrive She's mm-hmm. not going to move past this in a way that's healthy, that's flourishing, that's emerging. So, yeah, so that was, you know, that, again, it was a great squirrel moment. I loved it because it really ties into the whole concept that nature, we can nourish our bodies. We can nurture our spirits through just observing nature and and recognizing that um, we, are, we are in control of giving ourselves the tips and tools we need to make this a time in our life that is not quite so
1: difficult. And especially as women, it's it can be incredibly hard to take care of ourselves first because whether you are a single woman, married, mom, mom of plants, mom of dogs, whatever, yeah. we tend to put everybody else first. Our needs are always last. And I, I have one antidote which i can think of which really highlights this we have a family that we quarantined with over the pandemic and total there was 10 of us with two families and the other mom and i were literally always the last ones to eat and get our plates because we made sure that everyone else was taken care of and then we (laughs) sat down last yeah and that's yeah. kind of how we we treat ourselves and our bodies, and yeah. it's something we really need to turn around. So absolutely. That's, absolutely, that is why we are here today. So let's let's start. And in ta- in part one last week, we talked about dipping our toes back in the water and dealing with the big bad four challenges: body image, feelings of not being enough, how to communicate, and fear of recurrence. And then we spoke about tips to really cope with some of the above challenges. But what are we going to focus on today as the next step in our process?
2: Yeah, and you know, as you mentioned um, last week, we kind of set the stage. And I think in setting the stage, what I really want to drive home to women is that um, as we talk about these big four, and we talk about the fact that, you know, we can't see each other because we're not necessarily in, a, in an environment that's conducive to looking at each other. But the, the bobbleheads, the fact that as we talk about each one of these, these gigantic topics um, and how hard it is to, to address them, um, every woman who's watching, listening, hearing what we're talking about is nodding her head. She's nodding her Mm -hmm. head in agreement. And it's that acknowledgement. It's that validation. It's that sense of you are not the only one that I've found in working with women is the most important tool. Uh, You can give a woman every fact um, possible about why you're going to suffer from a particular side effect, Mm -hmm. but- until she's actually talked to another woman who is suffering from the same side effect, she doesn't feel heard because mm-hmm. the book doesn't understand necessarily because the person who wrote it may not have gone through it. They have the science, but they don't have the actual connection. So, you know, in what we're doing right now in the workshop, they would be in a situation that they'd be looking at each other and be nodding their heads and saying, yeah, I get it. And I everyone out there, man, woman, I want you all to understand, you are not alone. This particular stage of going through a diagnosis, whether you have completed your treatment, are continuing with some sort of follow-up treatment, or you're waiting for a final surgery, can be one of the most challenging. It can be filled with the most sense of apprehension and depression, but you are not alone. And by connecting with other women and their stories, it's going mm-hmm. to give you a feeling of, oh, okay, this is, this
1: is okay. I'm not, yeah, alone. I'm not, I'm not the stranger alone on this Island. And I, I so identify with that because after my, the, my first time around with cancer was I an easier time. And I, I really moved on and I didn't need the ton of support but man the second time threw me for a loop and after my treatment i was lost i didn't know what to do or how to move forward because you know as you said your doctor said bye-bye and you're like well what now yeah. and and for me finding breast friends and the support that it gave and the women who i met around me who were going through everything it was integral in my healing process and finding my normal plus
2: yeah yeah and, and you know uh, this we're we're actually going to jump right in because I know we're running low on time today and I want to be able to get everything in. And I'm going to start kind of with one of my biggest analogies. The, and I know you love, love analogies. your analogies, <laughs> <laughs> but we introduced it last week. And that's the idea of toes in the water, um, because this stage of cancer is a lot like walking around and coming up to an unknown pier um, and an on an unknown uh, body of water. And you know how, you know, when you're on a pier and you walk towards the end of it and you don't know the water, you don't know if it's cold, you don't know what's down there. I mean, there could be gigantic sharks down there for all you know. A Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And if you walk to the end of that pier, that complete unknown, and you're standing on the end of the pier and someone walks up behind you and shoves you in. Oh, my God, the fear, the that instant, that moment, you know, we've all felt that just <gasps> taking in a breath because we're being pushed. That's the moment that we're going to talk about how to make that not how all of these transitions back into your life are going to feel. Um, it is, you know, it is so overwhelming and it can be the thing that can us. It can mm-hmm. be the fear that keeps us from moving forward. It can be the the sense of foreboding that makes everything so so much better bigger you know the sharks are so much bigger than the little minnows that are at the bottom the Loch Ness monster (laughs) that's really not in there you know and the water could be just absolutely lovely we don't know because that fear is so
1: paralyzing I think really a lot of these steps can relate to everything in life because the fear of the unknown is so debilitating and it can really you can really put it across so many instances but you know we're obviously dealing with the post cancer treatment today but i think really these these tools can you know then help in so many ways but um, i know yeah. I, i'm, I'm going to let you talk now cuz we have so much to get through today
2: yeah 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 and i've got a i've got a really quick um, it's an interesting study that i read um, and i'd love to be able to go back and tell you exactly where it is but i can't so you're just going to have to trust me on this one guys <laughs> and it, i'm one of those people but it but it's but it said that If you take all the time that you were in treatment, in active treatment, if you add up all the days from the moment you were diagnosed to the end of your active treatment, if you add up all those days, it's going to take your body equally as long to actually heal from the process you went through. I mean, that's amazing. If you think about that length of time from the beginning to that point, if you add up all those days, and then another really, really, really interesting point is do you know that nerves only heal one millimeter a month? A month. Mm-hmm. Our bodies, our bodies take time to heal. But we're such we're in such a ding dang hurry. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm in such a hurry. I finished, you know, I'm done with my radiation. I've had my surgery. I want to jump. Pew, ah, I'm going into that pier. Push. Here I go. Because we don't give our bodies the mm-hmm. grace that they need, the permission that they need to heal. And that, like that millimeter of growth and healing that our nerves do, we have to understand that there's so many nerves and so many muscles and so much structure in our body that has to heal in that equivalent amount of time that it took to get here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: It's and a, it's, it's funny, it's, I, I look at it like both of my tumors each time were tiny, three to four millimeters, teeny tiny, but the scars from my surgeries, inches and inches around my body. And I am four years out from my last surgery during my treatment year, and I'm still recovering physically and emotionally. But I know that I'm gonna be okay because I'm a work in progress and I am the new and improved me. And that is how I look (laughs) at myself. We are gonna take a short break, but remember, if you need our assistance, please go to our website, breastfriends.org, and you can also make a donation there or by texting BF Radio to 41444 to help Breast Friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. Stay with us, we'll be back in a minute.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Female cancers
4: affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. ELECTA is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at ELECTA.com. That's E L E K T A.com.
0: Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends
3: Cancer Support Network.
0: You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Back at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to our show. I'm Michelle Beck, and my guest is Yvonne Nydiger, and we've been talking about life after cancer. So, Yvonne, let's talk about the differences between dipping our toes in the
2: water and how we get off the pier. Yeah. So, you know, as we mentioned last episode, or last segment, there is that sense so many times of being pushed off the end of our new life, this unfamiliar peer. And I want to kind of give some examples to our listeners of what that means, because I think a lot of people are out there going, oh, yeah, no, that's not me. I don't do that. That's nothing I've ever done. And this is a really great way to kind of own this and understand Mm -hmm. that, yeah, you may be doing this. So, you know, the first thing is going back to work, you know, going (laughs) back to work. All right, all of you out there who've gone back to work full bore and you have set your expectation buys bars so high, you've said, all right, I'm gonna go back. I'm fine, I'm I can up to this, I'm yeah. strong, I'm strong. I can go back and I can do eight hours a day, five days a week. I can take on all of the work I used to do. I can multitask three different things. All of these things, all of these expectation bars that we set in our work environment are really setting us up for this epic fail. Fail. Hashtag. Fail. 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 Yeah. And and it's it's so frustrating to me. I I have a and I have a, a quick analogy of my own that I want to share from a patient of mine who called me and she was so upset because she was exhausted. She was so tired. She's gone, I don't understand why I'm so tired. I'm done with treatment, I'm just exhausted. Well, she's a school teacher and she'd gone back to work and she was doing all the things that school teachers do, which is way more than any human being should have to do anyway. Amen. And Amen. Yes, God love our teachers. But in the course of explaining to me her day and how things were going and how frustrated she was, she sort of snuck in that she had also volunteered to do some extra credit projects. And I kind of of said, whoa, 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 let's stop the bus right here. And I said, was this something that your principal asked you to do? And she says, oh, no, I volunteered to do it. (laughs) And I said, and why would why? you do that? Why? Why? And she said, well, because before I had cancer, I always did that. So I said, in other words, you had this expectation bar that after going through everything you've been through, mm-hmm. you were not only going to go back to work, you were going to do all the extra things. And she was like, oh, oh, oh. oh. Yeah. Ooh. And I know you had one because I you told me. <laughs>
1: yes. I, I was very fortunate after I had my son to be a stay-at-home mom. And when he started kindergarten, I was like, yeah, I really want to find something to do. and want to go back to work. Well, in December of his, no, sorry, January of his kindergarten year, I took the fall off to get used to having some time and enjoying enjoying life without a child at home love my child, but God, I need time. Um, (laughs) so I took a job or sorry, I got diagnosed in January of his kindergarten year. That's it. So that ended up being my full treatment year, went through three surgeries, medications, so many other things. And it was rough, but So my last surgery was in July. And so like September rolled around. I'm like, okay, I've got time. I need to do something. And I took a literally two hour a day job at my son's school, working in the lunchroom, walking around to the kids, making sure they're not fighting, helping them out with their milk, giving them bathroom passes, whatever. And I was- How long did you last? (laughs) Three days. (laughs) Three freaking days because I just, I could not be on my feet. The pain that I was in, still my body was recovering from surgery. The medication that I was on, I am, I am side effects queen. I have a lot of joint and muscle pain three days. And I literally had to walk into the principal's office and say like, thank you so much for the opportunity, but I have to quit. Yeah, and yeah. I was in tears. I mean, the poor woman, she's fabulous. I am sobbing in the principal's office. And mind you, like my son's in kindergarten at this point. Like I barely knew this woman. <laughs> um, but I remember that I, and that's how I found Breast Friends. Yeah. Because I knew I needed to do something. Yeah. And yeah. I left the school that day and drove straight to Best Breast Friends because I knew I could sit and volunteer and do yeah. something. And that's... but literally it was a massive fail because i tried took on too much
2: too soon and and that's the sad thing again you know that expectation bar when you say words like a massive fail um, because we set that bar because you set the bar saying okay i'm going to do this even though i know it's maybe a little out of out of my energy level right now the fact that you tried that you did something shouldn't feel like a fail it was just one of those moments when you wrong turn yeah it was a wrong turn it wasn't quite Mm -hmm. where you should be just like the school teacher she was going back to school but she added that layer because she set that bar just a little bit too high. And, you know, we do this in so many other ways. You know, we do this in our, our body images, our mm-hmm. our weight management, our exercise. You know, I hear of some so many women who tell me that, you know, they used to be, you know, they used to run five miles and not think a thing about it. And when they, mm-hmm. they're done with the treatment, suddenly they feel like, I don't understand why I can't do five miles well Mm -hmm. can you do one mile and is that grounds for you to say good job you did a mile instead of saying wham I can't do five mm -hmm. miles so obviously I'm not good enough and you know I think the third thing that is a great example of this is the super mom theory. Mm -hmm. You know, super moms out there are all going to be bobbleheading right now because, again, you've gone through treatment and your family has been incredible. They have more than likely stepped up to the plate, even those youngsters and, God forbid, the teenager that actually helps around the house when you're going through cancer. Mm -hmm. But the moment the doctor says you're done or your hair starts to grow back in, or they know you're not going to appointments anymore. That teenager, or even, you know, God forbid, um, in my case, my husband had told me he was going to always take the trash out for me during my cancer treatment. And I tell you, not the day I came home and said the (laughs) doctor had told me that I no longer had any signs of cancer in my body after my surgery the guess next who was morning, taking out the trash again honest to god the next morning i woke up and i buzzed out laughing because the trash was under the sink and i went well i guess that whole that that train has left the the, the tracks so mm-hmm. so yeah and michelle i, I know you i can beat yourself I, up
1: <laughs> identify with that my my first diagnosis my son was 18 months and it was an easier journey but the next one because I had a lumpectomy and radiation and not that that's always easy. I was very fortunate. My next one was a lot Um, bilateral mastectomy with latissimus back flap, the full hysterectomy reconstruction takes its toll on your body. I was fortunate enough that during that time, my sister paid for house cleaners for me. I had a meal train. I love your sister. Oh God. She's still fricking amazing. She flew (laughs) out here from, I don't know where she lives at the time. And she spent weeks here with me washing and blow drying my hair. Because I couldn't do it. couldn't move your arms afterwards, and I'm super sensitive about my hair. So she needed to do that for me. But afterwards, it's the same thing. They're like, oh, well, okay, you're good. And you know, not that she needed to pay for my house cleaners forever. But when I tried to start vacuuming again, my arms don't want to do that. They're tired. And God forbid I had to cook a meal again. I think that's the worst part of adulthood is figuring out what to make for dinner every goddamn night. I know. I know. And, 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 and I beat myself up over it because I used to be able to do all of those things and take care of my son, take care of the dogs, take care of the family. And as a stay at home mom, I, my job was the house, the meals, the bills, because my husband brought in the money and I gave out the money. But all of it was a struggle
2: and it, it was really fricking hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, I, I wish there was a, 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 a I think if every single one of us had an expect, expectation bar in our house, like if we all, this is a great arts and crafts project. Mm-hmm, Let's mm-hmm. all make ourselves a, get, get like a piece of dowel or something and paint like all these crazy things on this bar, and and hold it up in front of ourselves and say, okay, why do we need to have this measure of our worth? Why do we constantly have to feel like there needs to be um, something? That tells us we've reached a point that we're okay, that we're enough. You know, we talked about that in the first episode of Am I enough? And that feeling of not being enough. So much of that is brought on by ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not brought on, you know, I'm quite sure in most cases, um, you know, granted, yes, um, employers, people like that, we don't necessarily want to sit down and have the big wham about the fact that we can't do our job, but we want to have realistic expectations for Again, mm-hmm. that communication. This goes back to one of the big four. We don't always communicate at this time what it is that we feel, need, want. And the people around us are not mind readers. Our boss doesn't know that we aren't capable of taking on six more assignments. My husband, um, bless his heart, may not have known that I would have loved to have had him continue to take that garbage out just as an outward sign of support. Your children or your husband may not have known that you weren't strong enough yet to take all of those tasks on. Mm -hmm. Um, These are all things that we, as women in particular, (laughs) Uh you know that dang bar we set that thing it's like those those you know olympic athletes i was just, just thinking the bar. same thing like I mean, we're not we're not olympians and yeah. i was watching the high jump and like
1: how do these like these people i mean they just go wee and then go over the bar for us after cancer treatment we literally need to take the bar down from 10 feet to one foot
2: yeah and then we and have to use our whole body to just like get step over the thing let alone flail
1: and to give ourselves a high five that we've made it over that one foot yeah because we have to build it back up slowly but unfortunately we are our own worst enemies right and and that's something we need to stop because if we cannot give ourselves the grace to heal and recover we're not going to
2: no and you know it's like the olympians they set the bar where they know they've done it before and they have that expectation because I've done this before, I can go up and I can do it again. But in the first segment, we talked about the fact that as a warrior who's gone through a battle, who has mm-hmm. scars, who is exhausted, who has this uh, incredible weight on her shoulders of everything emotional physically spiritual that she's been through and she stands at this precipice on this pier and if we expect her if we look at her and we don't feel pride in what she's been through if we don't give her grace if we don't mm-hmm. give her permission to heal and we look at her and say okay see that bar up there that was set there before you went through all of this we expect you to leap over that. If we don't take that bar off and allow her that time, that length of time, that millimeter a month that mm-hmm. she needs to heal, um, she's going to feel that sense of failure the mm-hmm. entire time. She's going to feel that she's not enough. This and is when you pull out that cancer
1: card. Yeah and say, "Hey, here's my card. I need time." And because time does help, but there's also steps that we
2: can take. And I know we're going to talk about that in our next segment, but can you introduce that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that, um, you know, I'll I'll sort of reiterate on is when you say steps we can take, one of the biggest words that I think people need to make a a sign and put it on their, uh, whether it's their bathroom mirror or their refrigerator is I can set boundaries. <laughs> I can set boundaries in my life. I can say that I can't do this or I don't want to do this or I don't need to do this. Um uh, and it could be something as simple as, you know, today I don't feel well. I don't have to vacuum. I don't need to vacuum. I don't want to vacuum. Therefore, I'm setting a boundary and saying, I'm not vacuuming today. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a simple analogy, but it's something that I think is really important that we allow ourselves to set the boundaries. And in our next conversation, you know, the, the act of putting our toe in the water, sticking our toe in the water, it gives us time to get our bearings. It gives us time to assess any of the risk, and it gives us a way of easing into adjustments. We gives ourselves a chance to find that center and to establish all of those boundaries. And it also gives us a chance to reward ourselves, like I say, for that marathon runner or that runner, gives them a chance to pat themselves on the back for just doing one mile. So, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the wheel of balance and how the ripple effect from putting our toe in the water is going to help find balance in our wheel
1: yes and because we're not jumping into the water we're sticking our toes in and the wheel of balance which we're going to talk about next you can actually go to my website www.ineverlikedpink.com and the Wheel of Balance is going to be there and some homework for our next episode. So we are going to talk about that after the break, but stay with us. We'll be back soon.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt
4: throughout our families, workplaces and communities. ELECTA is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at ELECTA.com. That's E L E K T A.com.
0: Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BFRadio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network.
3: You are tuned
0: in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Michelle Beck.
1: My guest is Yvonne Nydiger, and we've been talking about life after cancer and how to get through that crazy time period. So before the break, Yvonne, you introduced the idea of the wheel of balance to start changing how we approach our reemergence in the different areas of our life. And I know a bit about this because I've been through these workshops, but can
2: you tell our listeners out there how it all works? Absolutely. And I'm sitting here and I'm laughing because during the break, Michelle and I were both sitting here talking about wheel of fortune and the minute you started saying wheel of balance my mind just went wheel of fortune <laughs> so, oh my god i swear
1: <laughs> oh yeah you know Didn't we all gonna... dreamed to be vanna one day with the easiest oh, job in the world my god now she doesn't even have to turn the letters she just taps them I know. Seriously. It's great.
2: Anyway. Yeah. So that was my segue. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and the, the, I hope that since, you know, this is a program that you've all been listening to prior uh, that you've had a chance to take a look at what this is oftentimes called the wheel of balance, because it's really important to see that, you know, our worlds are actually divided very neatly into different categories. You know, when you stop and take a look at one of these. Wheels, you'll see everything from um, relationships to work to health and wellness. You know, these are these are the types of categories that we all have. It's consistent. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. Mm-hmm. These are things that everyone possesses. And like the spokes in a wheel, these are the things that um, keep our wheels moving straight. If for chance, for whatever reason, if one of your spokes happens to be dented or damaged your wheel doesn't write doesn't, doesn't you don't roll well you don't roll. i just the the <laughs> the sound in my mind
1: is like because you're all wobbly
2: <laughs> yeah seriously you know and it's a great visual because you can see very clearly when you look at the wheel of balance that if if um you know which is so many times the case when i'm working with women the first thing after cancer that becomes the thing that has the spoke completely missing i mean It has left the building (laughs) is the the health and wellness because Mm -hmm. we all feel kind of like a red hot mess. We are all medicating with food. None of us have exercised for how long? And it just feels like that space in our body that is just needing so much attention. So, you know, the wheels are a nice way to kind of stop. Look at these categories or these pieces, these spokes in your world and do an evaluation on how you're doing because maybe something is fabulous. Um, A great example, one of my gals said that she really rediscovered her spirituality during her cancer,
3: mm-hmm. that
2: that was something that because she was working all the time, she was always focusing on doing, 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 that she never took time to pause and to be quiet and to be still. And she said in those times, in those moments of, of exploring the idea of mindfulness and wellness, um, she read reaffirmed a lot of her own personal spirituality what that happened to mean to her so yeah it is you know it's common to have as you look at the wheel um, spokes that are bright and shiny spokes that are a little on the dingy side (laughs) use some (laughs) polish and like i say spokes that are either broken or have left the building It's not uncommon.
1: Yeah. uh, For me, I definitely, I have a couple that really need work physically right now. I'm a red hot mess. Um, I I really, up until a couple weeks ago, I was doing good. I had started seeing a nutritionist. That she breaks her back. Yeah. I I broke my damn back. Um, You know, I'm not in traction or anything, but I have an L2 compression fracture, which means I cannot do a whole hell of a lot. And I cannot get on my beloved Peloton bike, which is right behind me, for months it literally made me cry because I could tell I was I'm working on my fitness I'm was exercising you know the my my body was getting stronger and then this happened and I was like oh it was such a letdown but I know that in a few months I can get back on it again and I can I can work on my nutrition in this time which is hard because I'm not gonna lie I want comfort food Oh, funny story yesterday. It's freaking hot here. And I went outside for a couple minutes to do something with the dogs, came back in and I was getting an ice pack out of the freezer. And I noticed um, my son had otter pops in there. I was like, oh, those look good. And then I remembered I had frozen wine pops in there. And so, <laughs> so I had Ooh, one of those, those grown up otter pops. I did. I had one of those in the middle of the day and I'm sitting on the couch with my ice pack, my pillows everywhere. And my husband comes in and he looks at me. He's like, you having a wine pop? I was like, damn right. I am because that is what I want to do today. And sometimes we have to give ourselves those little bits of pleasure to just move on. Yeah, but absolutely. that was just a funny story. But for me, um, another spoke that I am really focusing on, cause it, there's a lot of them that are great in my life. Um, you know, a great marriage, wonderful friends and family, but, um, professionally, I'm I'm still on a path. And cancer has led me to a whole different direction. I was a career chief level executive assistant before I became a stay-at-home mom. I knew I didn't want to go back to that. But then after cancer, I became a volunteer, a programs assistant, and now a podcast host. But some of my big goals, I want to write a book. I want to write a couple books, actually. And there's so many. There's things that have been stopping me from even starting the process and fear is one of them. And that's a hurdle that I really need to work on. And so those are, that's, those are my two things that I'm going to be working on for the next, you know, for the next while is moving my professional career along and, you know, my health and wellness, because those are my dingy spokes.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I chuckled because when we were, we were again, at the break, we were talking and, and Michelle had shared with me that while she's been on this lovely pain medication, she decided that she's not going to write just one book. She's going to write two. And I said, OK, remember that expectation bar that we were talking about earlier? I said, I said let's bring that bad boy back down to about a foot off of the mat, OK? I don't, I don't, I don't want you to get too discouraged with the idea of two. Let's well, work the, on that one. The first book is
1: going to be a, compi- a compilation of short essays about cancer and things I've learned through cancer
2: so that I can do
1: (laughs) especially because I can't do anything else right now she's
2: like a walking breathing model of everything that I talk about it's so great it's so awesome you're doing Mm -hmm. an amazing job it's wonderful but yeah you know glad to uh, have plenty of fodder (laughs) for you over here (laughs) and I myself you know I it's I think it's you know understanding that missing a few spokes having things be slightly dingy is is part of the process and the biggest thing is recognizing and looking at them because again, when we look at the big piece, when we look at our wheel, when our wheel is wobbling down the roof or our wheel has fallen off our wagon and mm-hmm. it's laying by the side of the road, and we look at that wheel, and our, all we feel is discouragement. And and this is a really important point because there are a lot of you out there who are managing, and and Michelle and I laugh because you know you just have to sometimes you have laugh or to. cry, you've got to. But but what's really important because I want those of you out there that are maybe feeling like you know. This isn't very funny for me because I am struggling. I mm-hmm. am dealing with so much depression about the fact that I feel broken. I feel like my wheel has fallen off my wagon and it's lying in a heap. Um, I've spoken to women who break down in sobs when we talk about this, work, this particular um, activity because they look at their wheel and they're like, I can't even find my spokes. I'm having such a hard time. I don't Mm -hmm. even know how to address this. So I want you all to understand that what this exercise is about is not necessarily looking at this and feeling like you aren't enough. It's looking at this wheel and saying, all right, these are opportunities that I have to gently put my toe in the water and find out how as small Bites, as small pieces, as individual spokes, can I work on finding my way past this feeling of being not enough, of my wheel being broken, of me laying on the side of the road and not knowing how to get it back to where it was rolling before. Mm-hmm. So, we're really talking about taking that wheel one spoke at a time And looking at each one of them and saying, where am I? Where am I right now in this spoke? How am I feeling about this spoke? Um, What I'd love everyone to do is sit down with one of these and look at that and say, all right, this is a spoke that I want to address. This is something that I really, really, really want to try to fix. And then we're going to talk about how to move forward in doing that. But looking at each of your spokes, doing an assessment, it's like doing a Mm check-in. How is my wheel? I'm going to check in. I'm, I'm I'm going to check the tire and see how it's doing. So moving your way around. We're not looking to push yourself off the pier. We're not looking to make this the most terrifying. I'm going to fix my health and wellness by suddenly stopping eating all the things that I love to eat. Wine pops. Yeah, wine pop, (laughs) pop, Carbs. (laughs) Hello. You know, all the things that we we are, you know, we're told that we need to do in order to have this be a perfect thing. You know, everybody tells us that we need to diet and exercise in in order to lose the weight that we've put on because of the medication that we're taking after or during our chemo treatment. Okay, how many bobbleheads do I have out Mm -hmm. there? How many women are saying, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's forced or natural, all of these things put our weight on. And what we have to do is realize that all of the things that they tell us we need to do are true. But pushing ourselves off the pier right now when our warrior is a little damaged, she's got a little bit of time that she needs to make up for that millimeter again, is just too terrifying. Mm-hmm. We've got and to, f- oh, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I was just kind of relating back to what you said earlier. We
1: can laugh about this now because we're years out. Yeah. Year in ele- you're in 11 years out. I'm four years out. And we've we've worked on this together a lot. Yeah. Like we've we've been oh, through yeah. this and, you know, it's, this has been, it's, this is what we've done since we've been diagnosed with cancer and after we, this is our, our, our life, our profession. And so this is how we can laugh about it, but it is, it is a very serious subject and I When I was, I, after treatment, I definitely had anxiety and depression, and I was already on anxiety medication because I had a 16-year-old demon spawn stepson who (laughs) lived with us at the time, who I love now, and he's almost 22 and one of the most fabulous people I know, but so there is hope, parents of teenagers, Um, (laughs) but I upped my anxiety meds. I was going to um, therapy for depression, but then I realized that I needed to take baby steps to work on specific areas in my life. And as you, as you get there, looking at different things on the wheel, and once you conquer some spokes, they, they help us in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's by putting your toes in the water, you choosing one particular spoke gently, safely, smartly, you're going to discover that there's a ripple effect. When you start to take care of one spoke, it'll actually start to take care of, some of the others, and then it'll ripple on into the next. It's like when you watch your toe, when you actually, and try this, put your toe in a piece of water somewhere, find a body of water and watch that ripple. And then imagine that this is your wheel and that you've chosen a piece of your wheel to work on. How is that going to ripple? And this is a wonderful journaling exercise uh, because what'll happen as that starts to ripple. And as you start to achieve part of what you're looking towards, and that's going to be our next conversation, you're going to find renewed confidence. You're going to find yourself feeling more confident in your ability to make change. Um, You're going to find yourself, it's a little bit like Michelle, you know, when you found the Peloton bike, Mm -hmm. I watched your confidence grow because it was something you could do that you enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And it was that, it was that, oh, I can do this. I have more confidence where before the bike, you were like, oh, I just don't know what to do. I can't mm-hmm. do other things. And it gives you more energy when we're successful. When you start to be good at something, when something starts to work, you start to feel like, dang, I can take on other I things. I can do this. I can do this. You know, I, had, um, I have severe peripheral neuropathy, and I have not been able to, in my mind, walk for 11 years Um, most of my walking has been limited to small snippets and -hmm. for me to go out and actually do a walk it it included maybe a mile but i started looking at this as an opportunity and i started patting myself on the back when i did a mile instead of saying oh that's so terrible i can only do a mile and pretty soon i was doing two miles and then i was doing three miles and about oh a week ago my husband and i went on a hike I did six and a half flipping miles of walking. Amazing. And I survived the next day. So you're going to find this confidence. And then that confidence is going to leak out into all of it. You can, you're going to say, I can repair this one now mm-hmm. because that one worked. And it's you're going to... Like- I
1: have to stop you because we're literally almost out of time because there's so much to talk about. But these ripple effects are so amazing. And next week,
2: tell us quickly what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about how to work on your ripple effect by basically um, uh, setting up non-goal goals which is my own personal term which I love and we're also going to look at a value assessment which Michelle's going to tell you how we're going to set that up and it's a work it's basically something that we'd like to have because it's going to be live we'd like to have some people do this value assessment based it on the idea of you being at the end of your cancer journey going in looking at the assessment where it sh- where you feel like you should line up value wise and then i want you to look at where you actually line up And then we're going to talk about how cancer has made that line a little bit different and maybe a little bit better. Awesome. So, and I
1: hate to cut you off, but we are out of time. So, you can find the wheel and the value assessment at Ineverlikedpink.com. Yvonne, thank you so much for being here. I love being here with you. Um, Listeners, make sure you're here next week. And you can... Wow, I'm just literally like my head is exploding because we have no time left. But um, thank you all for joining us. You can find our services at breastfriends.org and we'll be back next week. Until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other.
0: Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.